You are listening to Redefining Disability, an adaptive sports podcast brought to you by Move United. I am your host, Sean Butcher, and I have the privilege of serving as the editor of Move United Magazine, the nation's leading adaptive sports publication. Each week, tune in to hear how sports have made it possible for our nation's adaptive athletes, training tips from the best coaches and program leaders, and news on the latest technology, equipment, and trends in the industry. Marcy Crown attended Kent State University, where she received her Bachelor's of Science in Recreation Management. She then moved to Atlanta, where she got involved in the 1996 Paralympic Games. Now based in Southern California, Crown is a filmmaker who is currently working on a documentary entitled The Power of Sports for Amputees. Let's chat with her. So Marcy, I want to talk about this um, really wonderful project that you're working on. But before we do that, you know, I think it would be good to learn a little bit about you and particularly how you got into filmmaking uh, to begin with. Okay. Uh, That's, that's great. I, uh, I've had several businesses over the years and I decided, you know, I had my son and I thought I need something more flexible. So I decided to look into acting and uh, I found that I could do that because working your own business is a 24 hour uh, day job, as you know, maybe Mm -hmm. not. But uh, so I, I started taking acting classes. And after about three years, uh, the teacher says to me or to the class, if you want to become a better actor, produce a film. Mm. And I thought, oh, okay. And I took it seriously. And I uh, produced my first short probably about seven years ago. And and then I just went on, you know, and did two more after that. And uh, I did learn a lot. And I thought, okay, it's time now to do a feature. And I thought, well, my mission really uh, is called Crown Family Films. And I thought, you know, it's a way to do family-friendly films. I thought, we're missing that genre here in San Diego. I don't see a whole lot of films that are family-friendly. And Mm -hmm. I thought, that's something I'm passionate about. I'm passionate about having a message something that families can sit down and talk to. And uh, so what do I want to do? And all three of my film, short films were were like that. And I thought with this documentary feature called The Power of Sports for Amputees, why can that not be something that families can sit down and talk about? And I chose that because back in 1996, I worked for the Atlanta Paralympic Games Mm -hmm. and my perceptions were totally turned around. My perceptions of uh, an amputee or an athlete who was disabled, my perceptions were, I didn't know that they could do these things that everybody else can do. And I thought, wow, and my whole perceptions changed. And I saw the abilities of people and I thought, you know, and with my love of sports, having been in the sports business for a while prior to my own business, I'm going to put the two together. And uh, that's what I did. I want this film to show people whether they have misconceptions or wrong perceptions that let's look at the abilities of, of, of amputees, not their disabilities. 
Mm. And, and so what were your, just quickly, what were your two shorts about then if they were along the family friendly line? Yeah, they were. My last uh, short was a documentary and it was about a hero in the local community. You know, back at the time of COVID, there was so much um, division in our country. And I'm like, I know people were helpless. I felt helpless. I didn't know what I could do. And I came across somebody who was making a difference in his community with a garden. And it was a rock garden. And instead of splitting people apart, he brought people together. And not just his own community, but people from all over the world. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to showcase that. So I did a film about him and the community and how he affected the community. And then uh, previously, I did a children's film about, it was called Thank God for Jelly. And it was about this little girl who absolutely loved her jelly on her toast. And she uh, wanted to thank the person who made the jelly. The theme and value is gratitude. Mm. And I thought, here's something that parents and children could sit down and talk about and share the value of gratitude and how um, how we can have gratitude every day and what it does for us and what it does for other people. So I had some animation and I had the story um, of this little girl trying to find the person to thank for this wonderful jelly that she had. <laughs> yeah. And. And yeah, and yeah, those are those are uh, definitely fun uh, sounding and and you know educational and rewarding and family friendly films. You mentioned that you um, uh, was connected. Were, you were connected to the 1996 Paralympic Games. How so? Um, well, I was living in Atlanta at the time, mm-hmm. and I was fortunate enough to have a very flexible job that I can volunteer my time with a lot of different sports events in the city. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I just, I loved it. I was already involved in the sports industry work. I had worked in the health club industry as a membership service director and in the resort industry, planning programs for people and their, you know, for the guests that came in. And I really wanted to, uh, really wanted to work with the Paralympics. And, uh, I ended up meeting somebody within this community that I volunteered in that was already working for the games. And that was the connection. And from there, you know, she called me in for an interview and that's how I got into the games. You know, it's all about this community. It's all about networking. And, uh, and of, of course I already had a passion for uh, the sports. And, uh, and so that's how that happened. Yeah. And like you, I think that, I think 1996 and the, and the, Paralympic Games, particularly in Atlanta, was uh, a big eye-opener for a lot of people who may not have been familiar with uh, the adaptive sports space, you know, prior to that. So, one, probably because it was on our home, you know, turf, right, here in the United States. But also, I think it's just, you know, that was around the time, even though it had been going on for a long, you know, much longer than that was where, where awareness uh, and education, um, and it just became a little bit more, you know, known in the in the um, in the you know in society in general. So I think that you know you weren't you weren't uh, the only one that that you know whose whose eyes were open to uh, the Paralympic movement and adaptive sports specifically uh, for people with disabilities. Oh, for sure, and um, 
you know, it's unfortunate that during the Paralympics, that's really the only time, at least back then, um, where you could see uh, an athlete um, perform in a sport uh, that that was an amputee or maybe uh, was in a wheelchair because of paralyzation or was visually impaired or had cerebral palsy. Um, you know, you, you didn't really see a whole lot. And um, today, yes, that's much better, but I know the Paralympic draws a lot of attention during that time, but that's once, you know, once every two years, because you got your your winter games and your summer games. And, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of Move United, Sean. I think what you're doing, you're, you're uh, having these adaptive sports clubs and they're running throughout the whole year. And I think... That's what's needed. You know, that's what's needed. You need that more awareness, not just for that one specific large event, but uh, little events throughout the year. And I, I think it is getting better um, in the United States. I know in um, in Europe, it's more common. Um, they're more aware of those who are amputee. They have a lot of their um, competitions in Europe. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of trials and um, semis, finals and all that. So we still have to catch up <laughs> in the United States with that. But I think it's becoming more and more uh, focused on that. You see more uh, TV time. Um, you see more uh, shows with uh, those people with uh, a disability. So it is becoming more you know, out there, but it, there's still work to be done. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, I know that you mentioned um, the, that, that your interest in this particular project stems from your involvement uh, and role and, and, and supporting the, the 1996 Paralympics. Um, how did you make that leap though? You know, from your, you know, I, this is my first full length documentary film, which I could do all about any subject, really, how did you make that the subject matter? You know, um, here in San Diego, we have, it's called uh, Challenged uh, Athletes Foundation, or mm-hmm. CAF, and they put on an annual triathlon every year. And um, in fact, they're a, a great resource for people if they haven't known about it. They provide grants and um, mobility clinics. And it's just in San Diego, there's quite a few events, um, organizations that keep promoting. And it's just like, huh, you know, my interest in sports, I've been to a couple of them. And my interest in sports kept pulling me back to this amputee population just even just from the 1996 Paralympic Games I just I'm telling you it was life-changing for me working with the games that I am devoting my commitment and passion to making a feature about this it was absolutely life-changing for me and it struck me so much that I I I have to do a film about it. I mean, making a, you know, producing a film is hard work. There's mm-hmm. so much involved, so much. But 
because of the subject matter, I have a passion for it. I have a passion for sports. I have a passion for making a difference. I don't want to, uh, like a lot of people say, inspiration porn. The movie is not going to be inspiration porn. It's it's not. Um, it's it's going to be an awareness piece, awareness for the non-disabled community that you know there's limits that are put on uh, the amputees without even realizing that we're putting the limits on. And um, it's a way for those who are amputees to make them aware of other resources available to them that they may not know. There's still a lot of people out there that don't even know about Move United or the Amputee Coalition, which is an incredible resource for, you know, amputees for everything from uh, classes to peer visitors to everything. So I, uh, um, I, I just am so passionate about it that I just want to, I want to make people aware. I want to make a difference. I, I want this film to make a difference to people. And that's why I'm like, <laughs> it's so important to me. I, well, I can tell that it's important to you. And I can tell the passion. And it's, I, I think it just by how you're conveying, it's almost like a calling um, that, that, that you're, you're responding to, which is, which is awesome. And, and, and I know it's, uh, we we talked a little bit about how representation has improved from like 1996 to now, but you know projects and films like this are still very much needed to be out in um, the you know the general public and the community. Uh, one to make sure that there is representation. You know we need we need uh, to showcase individuals with disabilities or athletes uh, with with disabilities in. Uh, you know, films and in, you know, uh, larger projects like that. Um, how did you come about putting together like the treatment uh, for the film and the, and the storyline that, that you're wanting to tell? Um, well, I did a lot of research. I did a lot of research on what, what's important. I talked to quite a few people uh, quite a few um, people who are amputees and I just talking to them, finding out what are their concerns, you know, what is, what is a concern? Um, you know, and again, this inspiration, you know, why are people going, Hey, yay, what an incredible thing. You just ran a race. And why are people, you know, giving me the high five for just running a race. That's something that everybody does. Mm -hmm. And I realized that it's the tools, the power of sports for amputees, because if they have the right tools, then there is unlimited success. And um, I'm going that route because with the right tools, there, it becomes an even playing, an even uh, playing field. Mm -hmm. With the right tools, with the right prosthetics, with the right, um, if they need something like, uh, I don't know, in the shower, you know, one of my, one of my uh, guys, uh, James, he's one of my interviewees, he puts towels down on the floor when he travels in the, into hotels, he puts towels down on the bathroom floor, he puts about 10, 12 towels, and he puts it over the lip of the shower um, bar where you walk in because he doesn't want to injure 
his good foot when he when you hop over it or walk over it. But you know, what's the tool that can help him thrive better? You know, uh, what's going to make it easier for him? So just talking to different people and learning about uh, their needs. Um, I came up with the fact that, okay, insurance, uh, they're working on that uh, so people can mm-hmm. move. Uh, Kyle Stepp, who um, I interviewed, uh, how can insurance cover the need for prosthetics? Not, you know, everybody should be able to move, I'm sure, like in Move United. Everybody should be able to have that habit. Um you know, insurance coverage, uh, grants for those people if they can't afford it um, for their prosthetic. Uh, clinics, mobility clinics, just resources, a sense of community. I looked at all the different areas and decided I, I wanted to delve into those areas um, and for the everyday people. Um, I know there's movies out there about Paralympic um, athletes which is great. I do have a Paralympic athlete in one of my films because that's what you can, you can do in the end. Maybe you want to thrive, but maybe you want to compete. Well, look what you can do if you have the right tools, the right legs, whatever, the right training, you can become a Paralympic athlete. You know, Um, I wanted to showcase the everyday person that just needs to thrive, needs to get around, wants to go hiking with their family. Um, I want it to be more everyday, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so that's well, kind of how I came to. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, that, and that's, um, that's uh, important too, because every now and then, you know, we have to make sure that we're balancing, you know, uh, elite competition or competition in general versus recreation. And, um, and as you said, because of the Paralympics, the elite level, uh, athlete and, um, and competition gets more coverage, but just the opportunity to, to go out and recreate, to go out and, 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 you know, take care of your own body mentally, physically, emotionally through sports and recreation, but not necessarily, you know, having a desire to compete, um, again, you know, against others or uh, attain the highest, uh, or medals or, or the highest yeah. level of sport. Exactly. I mean, there's only a low percentage of people, um, that are in the Paralympics that have that ability. I mean, the, their, their determination, their discipline, you know, uh, their persistence, that part, that's the part that's in, inspiring, not the fact that they can do it. It's the fact that They've got all these attributes to get them to a place that they can um, compete. But there's other other amputees that, oh, I don't want to compete. I just want to be able to, you know, hike or, you know, shoot some hoops with my friends, you know. And um, and I think the more that uh, they're out and more that they're out in public, because, you know, a lot of them, a lot of amputees are they may be uncomfortable, which is understandable, you know. Uh, the image is is a big is a big uh, attribute to their self confidence, but I think the more that amputees uh, are out, they're out and about, they're hiking. I think it's going to become more normalized, and it won't be such a shock when somebody <laughs> sees somebody competing or you know just running down the street in a five k, a community five k. 
you know, it would be just, oh, oh, there's uh, John or Joe running a race, just like you would say to your son, hey, you know, you're running the race too. So it's. Um, yeah. And that's, and that's, you know, where we want it to just be an everyday thing and an, right. an everyday occurrence and not a, not a surprise. Yeah. We, we have, you know, one of our, one of our mantras is, you know, perspiration, not inspiration. And, and that sport is a universal right and a human right for everyone. So um, we shouldn't be, um, we in, individually shouldn't be inspired by someone who, who has a right, you know, who's participating in sport just because they have the right to participate in sport. It's not, it shouldn't be unique. It shouldn't be a surprise. Right. <laughs> Correct. It, <laughs> and and through and through your film, I know you, you've mentioned a couple of people that you've interviewed. Are you looking to tell um, the kind of the theme or share the theme through, you know, some of these individual stories and these individual uh, athletes and, and folks that you've interviewed already? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have three main interviewers and one of them. I don't know if we can talk about names or anything like that. I have an adult who uh, he just. He was born with a leg differential and he had so many surgeries and finally he just had to have his leg amputated. Well, it's only, and he's, you know, I guess middle age and it's only been in the last six years that he found the right prosthetic. So really mm -hmm. for most of his life, he wasn't, he didn't have the resources, which so surprised me at this time. You know, still, he didn't have the right resources. He wasn't having the right leg. He didn't know there were grants in place. He didn't know there was a community of people. And that's another reason why I want to get this film out there so that people become more aware of it. But he's thriving now. You know, he's thriving because he wants to help other people now. Now that he's got that, he wants to help mm -hmm. other people. I have a teen who, um, you know, he... He broke his ankle in football and he went to the doctor to get the ankle fixed and he was complaining about his knee and turned out he had a tumor. He had a, a, a tumor behind his knee. It was cancerous. And they did try treatment and nothing happened. Chemotherapy wouldn't shrink it. So they had to take his leg, unfortunately. Okay, so here's an active teenager all his life. He played on the football team. Now what? You know, we go into, okay, well, there's also policies and rules in, um, provided by the state that every person in high school has a right to be on their own high school team if they like. And okay, so he did. He went back to playing football. And, uh, and then one of the track coaches saw him one day and said, hey, why don't you come run? And, and this guy is like, he's never run in his life. And now you want me to run with my, you know, with my prosthetic. I don't know anything about it. But, you know, the coach is, is was willing to work with him. And you need more of that. Mm -hmm. And then my third uh, is a Paralympic athlete. She lives in the Chula Vista uh, Training Center for Elite Athletes. And uh she wants to make the team. She wants to make the USA team, track team, to go to the Paris Paralympics. So she's giving her life. She's young. She's like in her early 20s. And, uh, you know, she was born with a leg differential as well. 
And she had, again, she had to have it amputated and uh, has a prosthetic, Mm -hmm. but she didn't let, it's interesting because as a child with brothers, she says, I was so competitive. If, Hey, if my brothers can do it, I can do it. So she didn't let the loss of her leg prevent her from, from competing in sports and her parents didn't treat her any differently than if she had a leg, you know, it was just, Oh, so it's just, it was just a minor thing for her, you know? And so that's, uh, those are the three people that uh, are going to be featured. In addition, we have, we learn about the struggles. We learn about their successes. We learn about uh, their stories through their coaches, their families, we learn about the story through um, supportive organizations like Hanger Studios. They're going to be talking about um, uh, uh, Dave. He's the prosthetic. He's the pro- prosthetist um, at Hanger, and we learn about you know how do they fit? When do when do we get the uh, the suction? You know how is it made? You know, fit is so important to somebody when they're trying to have a, you know, when they're trying to move. And uh, we learn about that. We learn about, um, like I mentioned earlier, Kyle uh, Kyle Stepp, um, what is his involvement along with the amputee coalition? What are the, what is their involvement in trying to get insurance um, and legislation passed so that they can provide uh, these adaptive uh, legs for you know, for insurance. We learn, um, we have these cameo appearances by everyday people who find that how important sport was uh, to them after their amputation. Um, We learn about uh, um, the peer visitors, you know, how important, you know, James never had anyone come visit him in the hospital. He, he never had anyone. He had so many questions. He didn't know what was going on. You know, he had right. so many questions of what do I do now? But that's what the, the peer visitors for, you know, mm-hmm. the amputee coalition has a program that certifies people that allows them to go and talk to people in the hospital. You know, a lot of people don't want, they don't want to give their leg up. You know, they, ra- I guess they rather be in pain for the next, you know, rest of their lives and the peer visitor is there to say that you can have a life without that leg you know um that's that's a whole nother ball of wax you know um when you're dealing with with that <laughs> with that issue oh and, absolutely yeah and it's because it's a tough decision to make obviously for anyone but uh very. many folks that i've talked to uh it had a, in, in that decision once they made it and improve their quality of life. So it's yes. an easy, it's an easier decision if you think or realize that it will that it will be improving your quality of life. Oh yeah. And I think that's why it's so important to have that support. You need that support, not just within your family, but you need the support outside the family. People who, you know, have been through it already, you know, and know they for them, okay, what what is their purpose? I think if they have hope. And if they have a purpose of, okay, after my leg is gone, they may, I don't know, they may be thinking, so what, what can I do? What, who am I as a person? You know, my leg is gone. It changes their whole perception of themselves. But I think 
if they have a purpose, what are they going to, what are they going to do? What are they going to take on? What's their goal? I think that gives them the strength to, to work through the physical therapy, to have the patients in, um, in the healing, to go out and find other people, to get involved in their community. I think uh, having that purpose is, is huge. Yeah. And the pair visitor is there to help them with that. And so uh, where are you now with the production? Obviously you said, um, uh, you said that obviously, and, it, and it's true that, that making a, a film is is tough and it is difficult. So where are you now? With now I'm, I'm I'm almost done. I have maybe one or two interviews left, and then I'm going to go right into editing. Okay, that's yeah. that's exciting. Yeah, Very. and <laughs> and I know um, because there is, because making a film is complex. There and there are a lot of different components and roles. Um, uh, what are there, are there components of the film that you're, I guess, for the lack of a better word, outsourcing, you know, that, that may not be, um, you know, the full, like, it may not be your, your cup of tea, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. cause I know that there are lots of different roles when it comes to putting together a final product. Oh yeah. It's like, I'm not touching the editing part. You know, I'm not familiar <laughs> with the software, you know, it's like, that's a whole nother job to learn. So yes, mm-hmm. I am interviewing editors. I am looking for somebody who maybe has experience in documentaries. That's important because you don't have a script. You have an outline. You have mm-hmm. an outline. But the interesting thing I'm finding is when you interview somebody, you may have, have an idea of, yeah, this is the story you're going to tell. But then they start talking about something and you're like, oh, I think I need to talk to that person to to support what they're saying. And that did happen, you know, in my in the documentary. And um, it takes you in places you didn't think about before. Mm -hmm. So a documentary really is almost like unfinished. It's almost like here you are, you're interviewing, but well, you got to be open to going in a different direction sometimes. And um, but as long as it fills that bucket of of the part that you want to share in the documentary, then it's okay. Mm-hmm. I don't want to talk about something completely off, but so, yeah. So you have all this footage, you know, like 40 hours of footage. Okay. Now what? I mean, it's an overwhelming task, I think for anyone, but if you have an outline, which I do, you can start building a story. You can start building a story with each person and then you can fill in with, uh, you know, with other other act, you know, aspects to help tell their story. Yeah, no, it's, and that's what I love about the documentary genre is it's about sometimes about the journey. And like you said, it's not a complete script before you begin. Um, so it's as, as much about the journey as it is. the. It is. The it really is. Uh, you know, I started filming in March of this year and, you know, different things, uh, prevented me from filming like every single week. You know, you're working with uh, uh, my DP, Deacon, um, you know, who's been awesome. And uh, he does beautiful work. This film is going to be beautiful. He really has a sense of um, even his lighting to create the mood mm. of as a person's talking. And, uh, you know, we, we he's got other projects, you know, and I, we both have lives. So, we kind of uh, look for 
scheduling areas. So it's led to, okay, now I've got maybe a couple left, you know, and, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to, to get to that point. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> you know, it's been a long journey, you know, I've yeah. learned so much. I've learned so much, you know, and I started actually last year uh, with the idea. Mm-hmm. So I started filming in March, but I had to prepare for that, you know, six months prior, you know, six months prior is like, what am I going to be doing the film on? You know, let me do some research. And, you know, I had my, my fundraising campaign during that time. Mm-hmm. So you, you, you have to, there's so many aspects of putting the film together. So I was ready to film in March <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, so that's kind of how, but I loved it. You know, I loved it. Yeah. yeah. And so, uh, now that you are close to completion, what do you see or hope? Uh, will be the final outcome in terms of, you know, obviously you've got this product, but now people have got to see it. So how how are you going to, what are what are the distribution and, and, and hopes and, and, and that? Yes, and thank you for asking. No, I, um, I want to get this distributed in the United States and in also internationally. And um, I'm not sure about the film festival route. I'm. I think I. I may. I don't know. There's certain rules you have to abide by when you're mm-hmm. having distribution and having it in the festivals because you don't want it to be out in the public. If 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 you know they're trying to distribute <laughs> distribute right. on their own uh, platform, but uh, um, that's my goal is to get it out there. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that uh, as many people can see it as possible. As many people. Yeah. And there are places, there's places where you can, um, I would probably need to hire a sales agent so that they, they are the ones with the access to the distributors Mm -hmm. and um, can help get it out for me. Yeah. And lastly, Marcy, just in terms of if people want to learn more, um, where are you directing people to go? Oh, they can go to my website if they like. It's Crown Family Films, Crown with a K. And uh, it's I'll have all my projects on there, but they can look up current document um, documentary project and they can click on that link and they can learn about that through there. And the, uh, the Power of Sports for Amputees, I have a group page on Facebook as mm. well. That's awesome. Can't wait to see the final product. Thank oh, so much. yeah. Thank you. Thank you for letting me share uh, all about this. I really appreciate it. <laughs>